Today I'm going to take a break from the frustration and anger that I've been venting on this show and talk about something that I'm actually excited about. Yeah. See, over at World Anvil, they have been putting forward this idea of how to do collaborative world building. And it's fascinating. And I just got the book. So if you want to read along, because I will probably be doing more podcasts on this topic in the future, you I'll let you know about the book in a second. But um, one of the coolest things that they've done is this idea of setting up the foundation and setting the scene for your world. And I want to talk about that because it has helped me focus more than anything else that I've done in a really, really long time on this episode of Project Shadow. Hello everyone, how are you doing today? My name's Charlie, you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer C.E. Dorset, or if you're new to the show, that angry non-binary person who's always going on and on about race, gender, <laughs> everything going on in the world. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about writing, because that's uh, near and dear to my heart, and I'm really excited about this because I've been using it, and I have found that it has helped a lot. So... I'm not going to be discussing the book today because, like I said, I just got it. It's called Collaborative World Building for Writers and Gamers. And I would like to remind everyone that mispronouncing things is my thing. Not exclusively my thing. I actually stole that bit from somebody else, but it's by uh, Trent Hergengrader. I know I said that wrong. Hergengrader? Hergengrader? Eh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I know I said your name wrong, and I really apologize for that. But I am really excited to read this book and see what's going on with it. I'm very excited about this whole process. And yeah, there's a lot going on here. So you can find out more about all of this over at collaborativeworldbuilding.com. And yeah. I'm I'm excited. So today, what I wanted to talk about is the foundations and the setting the scene. And also to try to get you all excited for July. Because let's face it, we need something to be excited about. I mean, we can't be angry all the time or we burn out. And I, I need something something to look forward to because I need to be able to imagine a future because with my anxiety and depression, it's very hard to do that, especially right now. So, yes, let us look to July and World Building Summer Camp. Some people will be doing Camp Nano that month. I will probably be doing my World Building Summer Camp as as my Camp Nano project and hang out with both groups, maybe. We'll see. But if you're curious about this, head over to worldanvil.com and check it out. Basically, they're going to be giving out a series of prompts to help you build your world during July. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this and we're doing the prep right now. And look, I've studied world building for a really long time. This is something that, as you know, has been near and dear to my heart. 
and something that has often caused me to have the dreaded world builders disease, where I get lost in all of it and either get frustrated and quit or just continue running off into the minutia until I don't actually get a book out. This has been a problem for a very long time. The questions that we're going to be talking about today have helped me find focus and yeah, focus and give me an idea of where to start to answer that horrible pesky question that I keep, keep going at. What is the MVP of a world? I think they found it and I think this is it. So let's get started. So the foundation questions, and I've, I've put links to all of this in the show notes, including a video where Janet goes over and talks about some of this stuff over on YouTube and links to the two pages that I'm going to be referring to for the foundation and the setting the scene. But just definitely check this stuff out if you're wanting to build a world, because uh, world building is so important. And it's what makes our stories unique and powerful because honestly, there's only a, a handful of stories that can be told. It's the world building and the dressing that make them special. Alrighty. So the foundation page. Now, if you follow me on Twitter, you will have seen that I have linked my foundation, my, my articles over there. I shared them when I wrote them. I have written one for both my sci-fi setting and my um, dark urban gothic fantasy setting, um, which you can find links to over at projectshadow.com. It's for the Dragons of Night and the Baron's End setting. I've done this for both of those. Just when you get there, go to the meta section and you'll, you'll find them. You can see mine. I'm not actually going to be talking about how I filled them out today. I just want to talk about the ideas that are presented here. So in the foundation page, we're asked to write one sentence each about the scope of the world. Now, I, the, the thing to me that was powerful about this is how it completely reorient, reorients my mind and changes my perspective. Because when I initially thought about scope, I was thinking like the size of the world and that does come up and we are going to be talking about that, but you'll see. So the first question is, what is your motivation for building this world? I love that. I love that. I often write these articles for myself. Um, in the past, I've actually posted some of them to our old blog, but I, where I would go in and I would tear down these ideas as they were cropping up in my head and why I really wanted to write them. But this idea of having to boil it down to a sentence, why do I want to write this? I think this is powerful in a couple of different ways. One, when trying to figure out if something should or shouldn't be in the setting, it becomes a wonderful test, a, a measuring stick that we can use to look at it and see, well, do I really want to include that? Well, it doesn't fit my motivation, then no. I think it's also something very important to have because in the midpoint of every project, there's a point where you're just like, I don't want to do it anymore. And when you hit that point, it's nice to be able to go back and reconnect yourself with your motivation. So why do you want to build this world? What are you hoping to get out of it? Again, one sentence. Now, 
those are in a lot of people's minds probably the similar similar or same, the same question but they're not what do you want to get out of it depending on the world i actually want different things my my science fiction world is more or less my place to not write fan fiction <laughs> but to write fan fiction because i i I have a lot of thoughts in my head of what if this plus that, this plus that, this plus that, and decided it would be much more fun to tr to actually construct a universe that works like that than to just do a lot of that kind of crossover fan fiction. My Dragons of Night setting is m much more because of the imagery and the stories that I just want to tell. I have a different emotion, a different something different from each of them that brings me satisfaction. And it's important to know what will make you happy about your own work. And what is the hook or unique selling point of your world? What makes it unique or different? I like this question and I hate this question <laughs> for two reasons. One, as you know, I, I tend to believe that nothing's truly unique, but there is something about that world that fascinates you and makes you want to write in it and is the focus. So for example, I would say for Star Wars, it has to be the Force. The idea of the Force is what motivated George Lucas to write this, the story and to make it the story that it is today. And it is the cornerstone of what makes that sh series work and why the Mandalorian has to have the child in it and why Solo felt a little weird. I'm not going to lie. It was a good movie, but it, it felt a little weird because, you know, it didn't have the Force in it. Rogue One didn't because it does. The Force is integral to the idea of what makes Star Wars Star Wars. And so, what makes your story what it is? What do you want to make your story what it is? Well, figure that out and run with it and see where you end up. Okay? It's powerful. It's powerful. I mean, this seems so simple, but when trust me, once we get this all laid out together, it really does make a huge difference. Just those three questions, most world building doesn't ask you those things. They just skip over that. They just assume, oh, well, you know why you're going to write it. Just what is it? What is it? And we would actually start in the second part and completely skip over that and how important it is for us. But luckily, we're not here. So, next is theme. What is the genre of your world? I like this one. It's important, and it really does matter, because depending on the genre conventions that you're bringing in, that will bring in certain tropes that need to be present in your story for your story to fit into that genre. So what is the genre of your world? What does the world feel. I'm sorry, how does the world feel? Now, this is very important from a gamer perspective because it really will help you figure out exactly how you want your players to feel if you're doing a role-playing game. But I look at this and it really hits me as a re as somebody who's thinking about their readers. How do you want your readers to feel? How do you want the world to feel to the readers? And this is something that is really different from series to series to series. And 
honestly, the big difference between Legend of the Seeker and the sort of truth books that it's based on. The sort of truth books are, well, a problem. But for the most part, they're written by a fan of Ayn Rand, and, well, they're copy and paste of a lot of different ideas from a lot of different places that kind of don't fit together and they don't really care about character or anything else. The series, on the other hand, wants you to feel excited, exhilarated, and to have fun like you would if you were watching Hercules, Xena, or any of those other shows like that. And so it condenses all of those ideas, completely rewrites the stories, and uh, has fun with it. Because the characters are interesting even when the original story isn't. So by knowing how you want your characters, your characters to feel and how you want your readers to feel, it really does affect the story. The author of the sort of truth books, who shall not be named, wants the readers to feel that he is brilliant and has figured out the solution to all of my life's problems and its greed. The creators of the TV series want you to have a rip-roaring good time watching a fun show unfold on TV. One of these two delivered, the other, well, we're not talking about that. What is the tone of your world? Now, this is really important. Are we talking about grimdark? Are we talking light? Are we talking a noble world where the characters can actually make a difference or a really, truly dark world where they just can't? What is it? This makes a huge, huge difference. And understanding that, like everything, this isn't a binary, everything's on a spectrum, and you should find your home somewhere on that spectrum. But by looking at it on these two crossing axes, it really does give you a sense of where you should be. If you've decided to write a noble, bright science fiction adventure, then the idea of bringing in a bunch of Cthuloid monsters that prove that the world is nothing but nihilistic chaos and that everything will fall apart, everything dies, and nothing means anything, probably isn't the way to go with it at all. Space Thulu, I'm looking at you. But if you're writing a world where everything is grim, dark, and horrible, it's important to know that so that, well, you never get your hopes up because it's all going to be crap in the end. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Anywho... <laughs> What is your character's agency level? Again, kind of digging further into that, can they affect the world? And what are the recurring themes which reinforce the genre, tone, and feel of your world? Give three examples. This is important. This is actually a technique in creating a series Bible, and one that is very powerful. Coming up with themes that are going to be recurrent in your world helps you get an idea of how to generate future stories. So by giving three to five examples here of what these recurring themes are, it's basically giving you prompts to come up with ideas to fill out that world and make it work. Now we're going to talk about the meta. Now this I could have made an entire episode on and almost did, but I thought I should cover the overview first, and depending on how much you all wanted to know about it, dig in on this in a future episode. So essentially, they break down the world into quite a few different categories. I'm not going to list them all off right now, but basically the idea is to pick five. And in those five, give an example of, of I'm sorry, three to five, 
and pick and, and give it an example in your world of something that's just going on. It may impact on your story, it may not, but it helps provide some of that background minutiae that makes the world feel real and lived in. This is brilliant. I mean, this really is brilliant. One, it helps you limit the scope of the world that you're wanting to write in because you shouldn't double up. So, for example, if you were wanting to tell a story about military power, then this is your opportunity to explain what it is about military power there. If it's a story that overlaps between the concepts of military power and, say, gender relations, break those out into two and see how they actually work separately so you can see how they will interact with each other. It keeps you from getting convoluted in your actual story construction. It's a very smart idea, and I'm really excited about it. And the next portion is the drama. In other words, you add five points of drama to your world. So in history, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened, and this has happened. Begin. I like it. It's smart. Everyone should do that. For setting the scene, this is pretty much straightforward, but I love the simplicity at which they hit each of these points. What are the rules of the world? How, what, what are the fundamental differences between the natural laws of your world compared to Earth? There you go. What are they? Just lay them out very quickly, concisely. No more than a sentence. Just lay it out. Cosmology. How did the world come to be? Maybe nobody knows. You can write a paragraph on this, but nothing more. What is it? Geography. What does the geography of the world look like? How does your, ge does your geography have any special properties or features? The initial size of building. What is the initial size of the setting? Now, this is important because, for example, Star Trek The Next Generation, the initial size is the Enterprise. Yeah, we go to Farpoint Station, but... We don't actually learn that much about the people on bar, on, on the, at, at Farpoint. The vast majority of that story is just learning about the characters and who they are. So our initial storytelling is all about the Enterprise. And then we can expand from there. But this gives you a scope where you can draw a very tiny circle. Remember back in our world building series? If you're not familiar with it, if you head over to projectshadow.com and go to playlists, you'll see the, play, the world building playlist. In, the, in our initial world building series, we talked about the entity being transformed that we draw our circle around. This is that initial circle. Who, what do we have to define before we can really get started? Okay, the people and their history. Who has lived in this space and what is their history? What species or cultures live here now, and what is their history? What do they need, and what do they need from each other? Doing this for each group, as long as you keep your list of groups short and concise and clear, so remember we're starting with our smallest circle, this will give you a lot to build from and a lot to grow from. I really enjoyed this. I wanted to share these questions with you. I wanted to share this idea with you. I can't wait to read the collaborative world building for writers and game masters and see what else is in there because this and some of the other things that I've picked up along the way have been really, really helpful. And it's good to think about something that isn't just, you know, the nightmare fuel that is our world, isn't it? 
I hope this was helpful. And if you really want me to go into more detail about any of this, please let me know. I wanted to do kind of a brief overview and just kind of share this idea with you to see what you all thought. I, I, I'm excited about it. I really, really am. If you have any questions, comments, or other topics you'd like to hear discussed on the show, down in the show notes, you'll find a link to the voice message system. Keep it short, keep it clean, so I can use it on the show. I would love to hear from you. You can also um, hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. I'm CE Dorset on both. And you can find links to everything that I do over at projectshadow.com. While you're in the show notes, if you have a dollar you can pass my way, you'll find a link to both my Patreon and listener support. Thank you to everyone who does that. It really does mean the world to me. And if you don't have any money right now, or you don't feel like giving, just if you like anything that I do, think about giving it a share. That helps out a lot. So I'm hoping to get a lot more world building done lately, uh, just because I, I really want to be doing that. I've kind of shifted my focus as a writer over to um, World Anvil, and I'm looking at doing a lot of interesting stuff over there. So hopefully you come over and check it out. Alrighty, well that's it for me today. I hope you enjoyed the show, and until next time, stay well, stay safe, and don't forget to have the fun. Bye.